This is Story Quest. Today's story is Mr. Fazakurly's Factory. Listen very carefully. Do you hear that? No matter where you are in the world, there are robots. We have them inside our electronic devices. We have them inside cars. And if you listen really carefully, you can probably hear them making plans. No, really. Robots are very helpful things. Although these days we don't like to call robots things. They've become so human-like. Well, it just seems a bit rude to call them things. If you know what I mean. Robots were certainly helpful, whatever you called them, at Fuzzakerly's factory, a company whose hangars stretched for at least a mile on the edge of a huge, noisy city. Mr. Fuzzakerly made a lot of money by using robots to make all sorts of products in enormous quantities and sending them around the planet, sent by other robots, of course. Robots were much cheaper than people, and Mr. Fuzzakerly liked money much more than people or robots. There were no human workers at all at Mr. Fazakerly's factory, unless you counted the caretaker. He'd been around for a long time and could remember when factories were full of real humans in a time before robots. All he had to do was make sure all was clean and calm, and to press buttons on a computer if there were any problems. It was a miserable, cold place to work, he thought, but at least it was work. It might not be long before he himself was replaced by a robot. So he tried to be careful and make the best of things, even though he did get very lonely at times. The caretaker had a very small house on the edge of the factory grounds, just inside the tall, tall fences. He had a cat called Biscuit, who kept him company, and sometimes Biscuit would follow along when he did his rounds. Mr. Fazakerly would not have been impressed to hear that Biscuit was patrolling the factory with the caretaker, but as there were no other humans around other than the caretaker. Mr. Fazakerly wasn't to know. Day after day, the factory buzzed with activity, and goods of all sorts rolled off the production lines in a steady stream. Hats, bricks, brushes, pencils, swimming pools, and winter coats—anything that you could imagine. The caretaker kept to his rounds with biscuit padding behind, but there was rarely anything much to write home about. Sometimes the caretaker thought the factory was a little cold, but then again, robots had no need for heating. He shivered a little as he walked through the vast halls, checking each section. After a while, he turned the heating up just a bit. The robots stared ahead as they worked, deftly crafting, assembling, and building. The caretaker remembered the factories from the past. How the air would buzz with clatter and chatter and laughs, and then the foreman would shower the workers to keep the noise down and to get back to work. No one needed to say anything now, of course. Robots did what they were told. No matter how advanced they became, no matter how human-like they appeared, joking and laughing was something surely impossible for a being built of steel and wires. Or at least that's what he thought. Even still, he decided to install some radios to play music to fill the empty silence. It made things seem a little brighter. He thought. He caught a glimpse of the robot at the head of the line. It might have been his imagination, but there seemed to be a small smile on his face. Perhaps a trick of the light. It was the job of the factory caretaker to ensure that all the robots were safely tucked snugly in their bays at the end of each day. Robots did not need sleep, of course, but the noise from the factory would disturb the people who lived nearby, 
and people were more important than robots. At least, that's what most humans seem to think. The caretaker thought perhaps they would be bored staring into the dark. They did not sleep and could not be switched off and on any more than a human could, so stare they did, up into the rafters of the factory, until the morning sun brought a brand new day. After a while, the caretaker decided to leave the lights on. It wasn't strictly allowed, but then who else was there to see? He thought it might make the robots feel a little less lonely. The days rolled around and the factory hummed almost happily. And as the caretaker settled into his bed at night, he wasn't expected to be disturbed. But then, a clank. A whir. Hmm, this wasn't right. The factory should be as quiet as quiet. And then another clank, and a whir once more. He leapt from his bed and grabbed his tartan dressing gown. He was very fond of this as it was thick and cosy and had a lovely belt made of braided silk. Very grand for a caretaker, you might think, but we all need nice things sometimes. He flung open the doors to the factory floor and all was silent. Perhaps he had fallen asleep and imagined the noises. The next night, the caretaker was just settling into a lovely dream about travelling to Canada and walking up a big hill when he thought he heard a flutter and a creak coming from the factory again. He ran to the gate and peered inside. To his surprise, he saw that a robot had come out of his bay. Ugh, this was not meant to happen. He was standing at his bench with tools all around and was working on something, all by himself. The caretaker wasn't angry or cross. After all, robots weren't able to be naughty or bad. They were helpful things, if you want to call them things. So whatever the robot was doing must be helpful. The robot didn't notice the caretaker as he worked, bending metals and wires into some form. The caretaker pressed buttons on a computer to find out what he was doing. The computer merely said it was something helpful, and that if at all possible, could he not mention this to Mr. Fazakurli. This made the caretaker raise his eyebrows. And then the computer said, Thank you for the heating and the lighting and for the music on the radio. The computer had never said thank you before. But it made him feel rather nice to know that he was appreciated. The only person to appreciate him normally was Biscuit the Cat. And that was because the caretaker could open tins of fish and Biscuit could not. He thought very carefully and then decided to go back to bed. By morning, all was normal. The workings of the robot had been put away and business continued as always, making shaving foam, badminton rackets and shuttlecocks all the time, all efficiently constructed and dispatched. Over the nights which followed, there were more strange noises from the factory, when all should have been quiet. The robot he had seen was joined by others, constructing other strange objects. Some seemed to have four legs. Some seemed to have wings. Then one day the noise of the construction at night ceased. This was so strange as he'd become used to it. He opened the door and couldn't believe his eyes. So this was the reason for the robot's midnight workings. The robots had made animals. Actually, no, 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 thought the caretaker. They'd been making pets. They must have seen how much he and Biscuit got along and decided to make some companions for themselves. Dogs, cats, birds even. Mechanical made and shiny as the tin. Made of clockwork and circuits, they scampered or fluttered around their robot masters. A joyful scene it was. Biscuit pricked up her ears and slinkily joined the fray. 
dabbing a paw at a little steel kitten who pounced back with a curious whirr of a purr. Mr. Fazakurly never bothered to visit his factory. He preferred to lounge on large yachts or in expensive hotels with other very rich people. He didn't need to, in any case. Business was better than ever. Productivity was higher than any of his competitors. He was so delighted, he sent the caretaker a whole extra 50p in his pay packet. The caretaker didn't care about the 50 pence. He watched in delight as robot cats and mechanical dogs gambled and pottered around their robot owners, who sometimes would stop work momentarily to stroke shiny heads or throw a ball. It was a peaceful, happy scene. And so, that's how it was. Music played across the bright and warm air as metal birds and butterflies chirruped or flitted high into the rafters as the caretaker patrolled the factory. Biscuit, as always, right at his heel. Got an idea for a story? Tell us the title at funkidslive.com forward slash story quest and we could bring your story to life. For a new story each week, make sure you hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss a single episode. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.